You are listening to Geek Fest Rants on the IC Robots Radio Network. You have located Geek Fest Rants, the entertainment podcast for genre geeks like you. Shall we play a game? Covering the world of vintage and current film and television since 2010. Game over, man. Game over. Featuring in-depth conversations on sci-fi, horror, fantasy, comics, toys, and conventions. So say we all. So say we all. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. got ourselves an X-Men fan. Maybe a quarter of it happened. And not like this. In the real world, people die. Logan. I don't want to talk about it. Logan. Just stop. Be careful. I need the girl. What girl? Go get her. No. No. And we're down. She's like you. Very much like you. I am not whatever it is you think I am. She needs our help. Someone come along. Someone has come along. This is what life looks like. People who love each other. A home. You should take a moment. Feel it. You still have time. everybody and welcome once again to GeekFest Rant. My name is Carlos Perone and today we are joined by Steve. He will help me go over a couple of films that we'd like to talk about. These are films that are really, really good films. Most of them are highly critically acclaimed movies. We each love these films. However, they are the type of films that for one reason or another, we really don't want to kind of see again. These are good films that we just do not want to revisit. Do you guys have films like that? It's possible. So let's get started with good films that we do not want to see again. Today we're going to be examining a couple of films that Steve and I have been thinking about in terms of Movies that are very good movies to us or to some people, I guess. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see how, how we each feel about these films. But these are films that we might feel that are kind of difficult to kind of watch it a second time. Or it's, you know, you have movies like your Star Wars films and stuff like that. that you can just watch it endlessly on a loop. But these are films that some people 
us or, or other people might have a really tough time, you know, having to sit through it a second time, not because they're bad, but just because some of them could be very uncomfortable, very depressing. It's, it's those kind of films that we're hitting. So first of all, let me say hi to Steve for joining me. Hi, Steve. How are you? <laughs> hey, Carlos. Hey, everyone. <laughs> thanks for the invite. Yes, thanks for joining us once again. And yeah, when I, I remember when I, when I mentioned this, I was like, okay, you figure out some films, and I'll go figure out some films. And it's funny because out of both of our lists, we have one movie that we have in common of, of, the, you know, of the short list that we are, we're thinking about. So why don't you start first off with one of yours, Steve? Alrighty. Um, well, one of mine is uh, is actually a more recent film. It came out a few years ago, and and now this film was very popular. It's it's you know highly praised as being one of the one of the better comic book movies, and that and that movie is Logan. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and so and I was surprised how much I not only enjoyed this movie, but how how heavy hitting it really was. And th- th- this movie is. It's, it's, this definitely is a step above your normal, you know, X-Men 3, you know, action, you know, packed popcorn movie where you can just toss on and, you yep. know, and sit back and watch. Uh, Logan, it, it hits you on a few deeper, more emotional levels, I'll say. And which is just a testament to the writing that was, uh, that was you know, it was really, you know, shown, shown here. And is, is and I think it's the fact that the subject matter that it sort of deals with, you know, we see we see these characters that we're used to seeing in you know these the more Marvel movies where you know they're they're more positive, mm-hmm. it's fun, you know, the, the characters here there's nothing, there's nothing too serious or too you know you know gritty about the, about most of the Marvel movies, but with Logan is there such a different take to it? And it's it's it feels so different, and that the characters that we have, you know, uh, Charles Xavier and Wolverine. Logan, they're not the same characters we see in the in the original Marvel movies. They're they're in very different places at this point. So and it, and it really puts you in a spot because you see Charles and you see you know you see you know Professor Xavier. You see him and he's you know he he's basically like a shell of what he used to be. And he's this you know older, broken down, you know no longer lucid character that we all come to love. And it, and it, it just really stuck with me. And it also, I, I suppose this, this might have to do with the fact that I um, had to deal with you know things like dementia, and Alzheimer's, you know, in my own life, my own family. So <laughs> that sort of that sort of you know put this much more you know weightier aspect on the film that that might not come across to everyone who sees it, but for me, I guess it it it, it resonated so close to home that it's a movie that you know is phenomenal. If you, if you watch from start to finish, you know, I'm locked in. But it's not a movie where I would say, okay, I want to go back and, you know, I, I don't come home and say, you know, after a long day's work, oh, I feel like, you know, putting on Logan. <laughs> it just, it's just not a movie, you know, you, you, you would really go back to, at least for myself. I've seen it once. It hit me really hard. It's probably not something I'm, I, would, I would, you know, willingly put on you know in my spare time uh, I, I don't know if you have the same if you have the same reaction to it or i i love the film i i absolutely loved it when i saw it in the theater i i, I i'm pretty sure i own it on blu-ray i think and, and i might have seen it at least once more here at home but yeah i i kind of like to think of this film as an alternate timeline i, I don't like to think of it as this is what happens to these characters. This is the conclusion of these characters because it's, it is pretty depressing, you know, how they kind of end up. Uh, now, again, because I don't follow the comics, 
uh, something tells me, yes, this is a, a, a different a take on the story. And I'm sure it was probably rebooted probably 10 more times after these <laughs> events. Is I mean, is yeah. that what happens? Yeah, yeah. There's a storyline called Old Man Logan. And it's sort of like an alternate. And you, you pretty much nailed this. It. pretty much like an alternate timeline. Right. Uh, type of uh, type of story. It's, it's actually pretty good. It's, it's actually written by Mark Millar, and he he's, he does excellent excellent work. Yeah. So you can't really <laughs> you you really can't have a sequel to this movie directly the way that the movie is laid out. You have to kind of jump off to some kind of sci-fi twist that kind of brings most of these characters back into some shape or form. And and obviously, you know, there is another film coming. I don't know how they're working it time-wise. I think it's it takes place before this or something. You know, whatever the the Dark Phoenix uh, film that, that we're going to see. And then whatever the heck Marvel decides to do with the characters once they start integrating them into the MCU or, or however they're going to handle them. Obviously, they bought these characters to use, not so they can just die off on a previous film. So... Again, we're dealing in comic book world here, you know, just like everybody who got upset at the end of uh, Avengers. Oh, my God, they killed everybody. Just calm down. Just relax. Uh, They're coming back. Don't worry. Might be different actors, but they are coming back. My first film is actually, well, it's actually two films. It's it's a film and then a remake of the film. The the film that I'm talking about is called Old Boy, which was done by... Spike Lee, uh, not too long ago, based on an original film by a Korean director, uh, also by the same name, uh, Old Boy. Uh, and this is kind of like a... Uh, if you remember the uh, the movie uh, uh, Snowpiercer, it's that same director, very popular director. I forget his name right now. But this was one of his big hits. And it's a kind of like a crime revenge film, which he's done many in the past. He's done a whole series of them, uh, you know, gangsters and, and mobsters and that kind of thing in, in the, you know, set in Korea. But this one's about this guy who uh, kind of loses his memory more or less, and he's in prison for years, but it's not a real prison. It's almost like an apartment, and he doesn't know why he's been imprisoned, and the whole movie is about him finding out, you know, why he's been in prison all this time and what's what actually happened and they do follow it pretty pretty much the same i think on the remake but this film has a twist ending that it just kind of freaks you out because you find out and i'm not going to say what it is you find out what is the relationship between this main character and this girl that is helping him kind of figure out who he is and especially in the korean version it is so so twisted that it's kind of like you you love the film all the way up to this point, and then you're like, oh man, I really wish they wouldn't have done that ending. And I know part of it is probably it's a culture thing. It's a different type of, you know, for, for our kind of films, we're heavily influenced, obviously, by British films and, you know, Shakespearean type of stuff, you know, the, the, the basic stories that we see all the time. But for Asian films, it's completely different. There's different tropes that they, that we don't use that they use, and this one just kind of kicks you in the gut. And again, I'm not, oh, yeah. I'm not gonna tell you what it is. You, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but for viewers, that especially people that like foreign films, you know, I, I went through this whole period of of all the uh, all the Asian action films. You know, whether it's uh, uh, Taiwanese, Korean, uh, Japanese stuff, Chinese stuff, you name it. And you know, all these different directors, uh, especially in the '80s, they were super gigantic in the '80s when a lot of these countries 
especially Ch- uh, Chinese countries, Hong Kong cinema and that sort of thing, when they kind of transitioned from the old, you know, like the, uh, the, the Kung Fu theater style, and then they moved into modern contemporary, more like gangster type of stuff. It was a switch. It, it, it's a completely different world. And, and this film kind of fits in that, in that world, the, the, uh, the gangster film, their version of the gangster film. So I'm going to leave it at that. And again, it's a great film, and, and you know Spike Lee did a great job, you know, when, with his remake. But still, that original one, man, was I not expecting that ending. It was just such. It was like, what the hell just happened? Kind of ending. Uh, have you ever heard of this film? Oh yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen the, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I've seen the original, um, and I haven't seen uh, the, the Spike Lee remake. The remake? Actually, okay. in fact, in fact. Until you mentioned it, I completely forgot they actually did remake it. I, because I, I think the original stuck with me so much. You know, I completely even forgot that they were, they uh, he even made another one. But no, it, it is a really good movie. Um, I think I've I think I've seen it twice, and and it, and it is it's very violent too. Oh yeah, but, there's the hammer. The, it, there's it, a there's that classic oh, hammer yes, scene which yes. has been copied by other films way later, and the way that it was shot and the way that that whole sequence goes, it's again one of these. It, it, it's like you've never seen something like that before. And it's like, it, it happens all the time with a lot of these Asian films that all of a sudden somebody's like, holy crap, we need to do that. Whatever that was, do it now. <laughs> yeah, Let's copy yeah, it. Exactly. And it's, it's also one of those scenes where, you know, if you don't want to watch the whole thing, you don't want to, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, you have to go through it. At least that one scene is, is really cool enough yeah. that you can kind of put it on and, you know, and then, you know, turn it off immediately afterward. But, but no, it is a very good film. But yeah, I, I get what you're, what you're talking about. It's not something I really want to, you know. I've seen it once. I, I, I got the, I got the, the twist at the end. Okay, I'm good. And it's like, okay, it's, a, I, I don't get it. It's a culture thing. I don't get it, but okay, let's keep going. <laughs> the, speak. Let me just go back just a second here. That again, that hammer fight scene. Uh, I believe that is something that was copied way later. With if you remember a Daredevil. Uh, Netflix's Daredevil, and then The Punisher. It's where they stage these very kinetic fights between one person and like 20 other people in a very narrow hallway, and how that action takes place in very in a very confined space where one person is able to take out a ton of people. It's I that the first time I saw something like that was an old boy. I remember. It's funny. Now I don't know what came first, old boy or or um, the movie Kill Bill, because Kill Bill has a Oh, a very very similar scene at the end. I'm pretty sure Old Boy is 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 older. No pun intended. Let me just look here. Yeah, no, you're probably, uh, you're Old Boy right. is 2003. The director, by the way, his name is Park Chan Wok, and uh, like I said, I've seen this name a million times. The guy, he's also oh, he he has other he he has other big big films in. Oh yeah, he's he's done a ton of stuff. Like I said, he's done a ton of stuff. So what is what what do you have? What do you have next? Okay, my my next movie I have is um now this movie I I I literally have only seen this movie once and again it's one of those movies where I I saw I must have been maybe in grade school well like maybe middle school when I saw it and the movie is um it's it's the Civil War movie Glory oh and this movie if there's one movie that that really sort of left an imprint on my mind it was Glory because some of the opening scenes of this movie were just gruesome. I mean, the one the the, the opening scene is you know one of the big battles, and you know they show you know like the the regiments marching and you know the cannon fire going off, and you know you, you see one guy's head just explode from a cannonball. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and so it it it's pretty brutal graphically and then you know the subject matter of it is 
you know, inherently, you know, very emotionally provocative. The, mu- and the it's, music it's is great. also fantastic. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The score is very, like, I, you know, I, I always I always make the analogy that, you know, whenever, you know, you tear up, you know, I, I have like the, the onions chopping. <laughs> and so, yeah, that, that, that movie, if I were to watch it again, I know for a fact that the onions would be flying high. But it, it, it's... And I, I know Matthew Broderick is in it, and uh, Morgan Freeman, and uh, I think there's a few other big name. I think actors. he's one of the one of the uh, the breaking roles for Denzel Washington. Oh, right, right. Denzel Washington is it? Yes, right, that's right. That's one of his big early roles, I think. Yeah, and yes. I think and, uh, uh, what's his name? Branna. It was it Eric Branna? No, not Eric. I forget that actor's name. He was also in it. There's another guy who's in it who's super super famous now. Also, a lot of a lot of young actors, you know, breaking, you know. Breaking into uh, big time filmmaking were in this film. Yeah, yeah, and Carrie Elways was was that's also. That's right. That's right. Yeah, so I mean, this is a great movie. And the ending of this movie oh. is is probably one of the most dramatic. I, you know, the whole speech where Broderick gives. I believe his movie. His name is um, I think Captain Shaw. I believe he gives a speech about you know if you know if one man shall fall you know and he, they're carrying you know they're, they're talking about carrying the american flag into combat in, in the battle and you know and he's he's describing it you know if he shall fall and drop the flag you know who shall pick it up and they go down the they go down the ranks of you know volunteering to, to grab the flag you know if, if if you know if it falls as they're storming the 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 fort the, the fortress there uh-huh yeah. And 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 Denzel Washington's character is yeah. like the last guy you were going to expect yep, yep. to do that, and he does it. Yep. It's like, and, then, and, and, then, and then at the end is this beautiful shot of you know them finally getting through to the fortress, breaching the walls. You know, there's a few of them left. You know, the battle the cannons going up everywhere. It's nighttime. It's you know really dreary. And then you know they they come face to face with like you know a, a group of, of of the confederates and they have you know this cannon and they fire and then it fades to white and after that and, and oh then, then and, and you know the ice in the cake is you see the confederate flag still being raised above you know the, the yeah so mm. so it, it's a movie that just it, it's like it doesn't it doesn't stop it just it's just like, like all in the fields it just it just hits you so hard and it, it's a great movie the worst thing is that it, it's yeah. a true story and that's what happened to those guys and they i think they even say it at, at the narration at the end that they wouldn't allow uh, the commander to be buried with his soldiers because he was white and they weren't going to bury a white commander with black soldiers. And it was like, talk about adding yeah, insult I mean, to injury to everything else. <laughs> it's like, holy I mean, just, crap. Uh, by the end of this movie, you, if you're not in tears or if you're not feeling anything <laughs> at all, I mean, you got to check your pulse. Cause... Yeah, you're, you're, you feel exhausted. Yeah. You feel tired yeah. after watching this. Yep. It's, like, it's, oh. not, it's not a short movie either. It's, it's definitely one of the ones that you're, you're going to have to you know, really invest in emotionally and time-wise to get through. Oh, yeah, yeah. And again, yeah, I love – I remember – I think I saw it when I was in college, I think, if I remember right. Because that was back in my – that was back in my Laserdisc <laughs> days. I, I might have even seen it in the theater. I'm not entirely sure. But I did, again, for me, the music, the music is yeah. it's haunting. It's just like, wow, it's just, it's such an emotional score to the, to such an emotional a story. The next one I'm going to bring up, which is the one we have in common from our list, is another one of these true stories that it's basically two hours of basically kicking you in the groin. Uh, Schindler's List. This is a movie that 
obviously this is a big deal for Spielberg. This is the movie that he got made by agreeing to do. I think it was either Jurassic Park or the sequel to Jurassic Park or something like that. It was a deal that he made that if you let, you know, if I make this big, you know, blockbustery kind of fun movie for you guys, uh, you'll let me do a, a black and white film about World War II. It's like, what? Black and white? Are you crazy? And again, we're dealing in this territory where it's another true story. And in a way, I mean, I don't want to say at least it has a good ending because obviously nothing related to the Holocaust could be considered a good ending. But in this particular story, you're still dealing with being able to rescue or to protect a certain amount of people. But then still, by the time you get to the end, you realize it's a fraction of what could have been done or it's just such a small amount of people compared to what was lost between the entire events of the war having to do with all the Jews and the Russians and every, you know, allies and just about everybody, the millions of people that get obliterated and the, the you know, the hopelessness of it. That whole sequence, if you, I'm sure you remember, where we actually see color, uh, the little girl yeah. in the red dress that pops out of nowhere. And, he, and then she, I think she shows up in a ditch or something or something like that. And it's like, oh man, this is just... And, you know, this is something that Spielberg has been able to do, and I don't know how he does it, but because he has such a huge reputation for being, you know, a, a pop culture kind of director, whenever, or, or not, I don't want to say whenever, sometimes when he does something very serious, he really does it super serious. The, the whole storming the beach scene from Saving Private Ryan, uh, that entire beginning of that movie, uh, I mean, I was gripping the 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 seat in in the movie theater i you you didn't breathe for the first 30 minutes of the movie here you're in a similar situation and i remember there's a specific a specific scene in this movie which is the scene where i think all the german soldiers the nazis are burning houses and destroying things uh, at a specific night and they're hurting all the people into the get, you know out of the ghettos into the camps and it's just insane, you know, the madness that you see done in this movie. And again, unfortunately, as much as I can appreciate this film, I do not want to go through that again. I just, I'm aware of it. I know the historical references, and the, but I just don't want to put myself through it. Yeah. What about no, you? Same here. And it's not, there's, there's a lot of this movie where I, I because I've only seen it once, I, I don't really re uh, remember all of it, but there's... There's certain scenes that kind of stuck with me, and and I remember a few of them. Well, obviously, the biggest is the you know the little, the little girl. You know that that definitely is one that stands out the most. Yeah, I mean it's it's not gory or anything, oh, yeah, no, but it's yeah, just yeah. it just punches you. Yeah, it's exactly. right in the gut. It gets and there's you right also in the, gut. The, the scene where I believe one of the um one of the German officers is like interrogating. Well, no, maybe not interrogating, but he 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 has like a he he has um one of the Jewish prisoners you know on his knees you know and he's. He's about he's, he's about to execute him. Yeah, and, oh. and but his his gun, I guess, is it's, 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 the it gun keeps jamming. jamming so, yeah, so, and I guess because I saw this when I was younger, I was so like tense watching this scene because because the way it's done is like he, he he tries to you know cock the gun, you know the Luger, and he he pulls the trigger, but nothing comes out, and he does this you know four or five times over and over and over again, in like rapid succession, and the gun never fires. But it's that it's, it's like that building up to it. It's like it just it just rattles you because you, you're expecting you know the, the gun to just fire you know the guy's head gets blown off or something but it, the build up to it 
and the fact that it never happens it's just it's just oh it's stuff like that it's like you know it, it really stays with you and again once you're dealing with something that's historically accurate in terms of it's based on a true yeah, story it, it, it even yeah. hits you even harder What's the next one on your list? Oh, uh, the next one must is is, is, is definitely uh, ease up the gas here because we, we had two <laughs> we had two in a row that were pretty that were pretty heavy. Uh, this this one is, is a science fiction movie actually called uh, Event Horizon. Now it's not it's not it's not a terribly good movie to be quite honest. <laughs> I've seen it actually more than once, but I probably would if, if, if I'm okay with never seeing it again. I, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll be okay. It's, it's, but it's not the fact that it's it, because it's sort of mediocre. It's just the fact that it's and again, this is one of those movies where again, I saw when I was younger. So, and I, I think that's a running theme for a lot of my movies. I've seen these movies when I was younger, so it sort of like leaves like this kind of like bad taste in your mouth <laughs> coming out of them. This one is a sort of like um, science fiction, you know, horror where they sort of blend the two. Where Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Neill, Sam Neill, yeah, yep. yeah, they they are part of this this uh, ship called you know the, the Lewis and Clark, and they they find this this old abandoned ship that's been missing for years and years called uh, called the Event Horizon, and they and they basically board it. They you know they want to check it out, go on some sort of like either salvaging or rescuing it. And, and they, they board it and they have like, they start each of the crew members, there's, there's a whole bunch of them, there's maybe like four or five other, other crew members. And they begin to see that the whole crew on, on the event horizon was um, basically killed. And they were pretty brutally killed, apparently. And so they begin, like all the crew members begin to have like these really weird, trippy hallucinations, fever dream type, type like, you know, premonitions, really. And they, and they realize that, that they're like premonitions basically of other crew members in like past, you know, of their past secrets and lives and everything. Right, so, right, um, right. yes, of course, you no, know, naturally, you know, one by one, the crew members start dying off and they're, they're pretty much like massacred all in different various, uh, you know, gory violence. And, and again, the movie's not terribly good. It, 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 but I think because I saw it when I was younger, it left kind of like this weird, like, feeling i had coming out of it i was like uh i probably wouldn't mind going back to seeing it again just just once or just to see you know if i might i guess take to a bit more but for whatever reason it just that's kind of like this really sour taste in my mouth <laughs> so so sort of like it's like disturbing type of type of feeling which uh i don't know it's not it's never really got over it actually reminds me also now i'm thinking about it, it reminds me of the movie um the sphere as well um, oh okay yeah it's, it's sort of sort of similar premise i don't know if you've seen if you've seen event horizon i have i have i, I liked it it was good i mean it's a, it's a good horror sci-fi it's a it's a subgenre, obviously that comes up every now and then the the is it more horror is there more sci-fi you know it's it's a combination of both and yes you know and this is one of these films that you, you don't get a, a completely happy ending and it it kind of but which is also its own trope of horror horror it's very popular with horror to have uh the little final second of the film, you know, when you're feeling safe, all of a sudden you're not safe. It's still <laughs> happening, whatever the heck it is that's happening. So yeah, it's kind of like, do I really want to go through this again for another hour and a half or or two hours just to know that at the end I'm going to be disappointed again or <laughs> or not fulfilled? I guess, but that that's just what happened. And that's one of the things I guess that a lot of these films have in common is that the the endings. Uh, sometimes is the thing that kills us, you know, when it comes to that film. The other one I'm going to mention, which is, I don't know, I guess you could call it, I guess you could call it sci-fi because it's uh, it's called The Road. 
based on a very popular book. It's it's one of these apocalyptic kind of films uh, that something happened that the world is turned to mush. Basically, everything is broken and and people whoever's left alive is kind of fending off for themselves and and they're kind of coming after each other. This was with Viggo Mortensen, which it came out a number of years ago. It was a somewhat of a I don't want to say high profile movie, but it it, it was very uh, eagerly awaited, I guess, because of the fact that the writer is the same guy who wrote uh, No Country for Old Men. He also wrote this book that they turned into a film. And it's one of these stories, again, where you see this man and this boy, uh, his son, they go through so much and they escape and they're able to survive and, and reach I think they're trying to reach like the the West Coast or something to see the ocean or something like that. And and again, they go through hell and high water and then by the end, you know, you don't exactly get a satisfying happy kind of ending. And I remember the book is pretty similar. It's just a a gigantic downer. And it's like, wow, they 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 were able to transfer the book so well from 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 the written word to the screen. Cinematography is amazing. The actors are great, but it's it's like, man, I I I went through that whole thing just to kind of, just to feel horrible afterwards. And it's like, <laughs> it, it's not a bad movie because it's a very well made movie and it's an entertaining movie. But by the time you get to the end, you're just exhausted and you're just like, oh my god, somebody give me a somebody give me a Disney film now because it's <laughs> you need to kind of cleanse your palate after so much depressive you know downer of a movie i don't know if you i don't know if you've ever seen that one no this one this one i haven't even heard of actually until you until you brought it up yeah it's uh, like again like i said it's i remember because i read the book that i was i was really looking forward to it and finally it came out and everything and it's just uh you know you just do you really want to go there basically that's that's what you end up saying to yourself now is is this post lord of the rings because you said vegan morrison is in it so is yes it, is, okay Yes, this is post Lord of the Rings, definitely. Uh, what's what's your next movie? Uh, my next movie is now. now th- this one is, is going to be probably not on anyone's list of only one to see it once, but uh, it's, the, it's it's the movie The, the Shining, um, the, oh. the original. <laughs> and again, this one again, I, and I, it's not like a broken record here, but it just left such like a, a a bad taste in my mouth, and it's just so eerie, and you know, it's it's, it's just so. Some like the visual aspects of it, and like what's you know implied in some of the scenes is just so creepy and <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, now movies like The Exorcist, which I also saw when I was young, that didn't bother me. I, I had no, I can you know I, I watched that multiple times. I had no real issues with you no know, content like that. But I, I don't know. There's something about The Shining, and it's just I, I guess maybe some of the concepts of it. Just it, it's just. It's also more subtle than The Exorcist. You know, The Exorcist is you know right there in your face. You yeah. know, yeah, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, demons, angels. You know, yeah, you know, go exercise. You know, the, the devil out of the, you know a little girl. Sure, but there's something that's more subtle about The Shining, where it's just it, it comes off as far more creepy and disturbing to me. And there's just certain iconic scenes and imagery that come out of that movie that are, are just so like haunting. That it just it just sort of stuck with me. I'm like, oh man, I I don't I don't know if I want to see this movie again. There's a great scene. Well, no, there's, there's a few in the movie where I believe uh, I believe Wendy, the wife of Jack, is running through the the halls of the hotel. And there's one scene where it's like it's very quick, very very like quickly shot 
scenes and there's one scene where it's going through the different rooms and it shows like a like a two men like one of them is dressed in like in like a bear suit oh yeah and the other guy's on it yeah the other guy's on his knees and and stuff like the other guy's on his knees you know you know sort of you know you can you can infer but yeah but it it was stuff like that that is done so quickly and so you know disturbing like i and there's a, whole, there's a whole bunch of these weird scenes like the whole bathtub scene with the old lady you know yep. some of it is just so bizarre and, and it, it just really plays with your mind so so much that so that it's just like oh man by the end of it and, and then the ending itself the ending itself is you know the, that last image of you know the the, the photo you know as, as the camera you know zooms in you, you know it, it's so haunting it just sticks it stays with you and you know i saw it once and I'm like, wow i was i was fascinated on one hand by what i just saw and disturbed on the other by some of the just the iconic scenes and imagery of the movie it really uh it really affected me i'll say that and, and i don't think i was even that young when i first saw it really? uh, yeah so i i mean i don't know about you if you if you if you, if you if you're a fan of the shining or oh I absolutely love that film. Oh no, yeah, it's, and, it's great. It's... And 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 for for different reasons, uh, and and I don't mind. I, I've seen it so many times. I don't have that same reaction that I've had with some of these other films that I've, I've been mentioning. And I think part of the reason why I like it so much it's it's not so much the story. I think it's Kubrick. It's the director. Yeah. The the if you follow his his film work and and his his genius, you know the different things he's done with all his different films how he's able to kind of stay on a shot that on any other director would just be boring and an uncomfortable, not uncomfortable, but inappropriate. But he can stay on a, on a static shot and you start to feel, um, you start to feel anxious. Yeah, and, yes, and he makes yes. you feel things without even doing anything. Yes, exactly. It's just incredible. That, that, is, a, that is a perfect point because, because the way the way I, I think there's one scene where Jack is at the bar uh, <laughs> I, I think he's, he's, he's sitting, I think you know what I'm talking about he's, he's sitting in front of um, you know the old, older gentleman at the bar. Yeah, I know exactly yeah. who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but, but the camera lingers on him for you know Longer than you know what a normal shot would be like. Right, it's, 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 where where, a, where another director would cut to the bartender or cut to something else or give you a long shot, give you a close up. No, he just locks the camera down. Yeah, and it forces he forces you to experience this thing, which is really nothing, but it just makes you all of a sudden feel something. Yeah, and there's a there's a bunch of shots like that in the movie where it's like 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 the the direction of the camera work just. It, it it literally forces you into feeling something and like not a lot yeah. of movies can, can can you know elicit emotions from you know just from putting a camera on a shot like that yeah and that's 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 his thing that's the cool i, I can't i can't credit stephen king stephen king is probably probably my favorite writer and i love you know the majority of his work and i love this film but the film is kubrick it's his style uh, I can't credit it as much as I love to credit uh, King. Uh, to me, it's Kubrick, and that's what he's done in other films. He he brings in he brings this 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 other aura of something else that nobody else has had been able to do before, except for him. I think the closest thing we might get to Kubrick, and I know I'm sure any film snobs out there are going to disagree with me. Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott is probably another director that has 
a touch of Kubrick right. in him. He can visualize, he can design a scene, he can make it look pretty and everything, but he doesn't have that that super talented uh, uh, manipulation that that Kubrick can hold on his audience. Uh, and that's something that, again, if you look at his previous films all the way to the end, all the way to uh, Eyes Wide Shut, I think that was his last film, he can still he could still do that. He had that magic of um, of letting the you know forget about editing. Let the camera and let the design of your picture, however you design that picture, that speaks to you. And half the times the actors aren't even speaking. Oh yeah, it's yeah, completely yeah. Quiet. And you're like, what's going on here? Why is there so much silence? And it's like, yeah, this is so it's weird. It's not something we're used to seeing in movies. You know, we're not used to seeing these lingering yeah. shots of silence. And that's why I bring that, like, like and, and it's so, like, drawn out that you begin to feel, like, like you said, like, anxious. Like, you know, and, and you, it, it brings out this, like, kind of, like, raw emotion, you know, because you're not used to seeing this. Yeah. You know, um, this, this sort of camera work, and, and I think it's good that there's not a lot of people who who can emulate that, or else it, I think it lose the effect of that type of uh, filming. Yeah, that's that for me again. That's that is one of my favorite ones. The the last one I'm going to throw in here is a film that again, depending on your particular religious upbringing, could be considered fiction or true. I'm talking about the Passion of the Christ. As a Christ story, uh, you know, I always liked, you know, just in general for movies, when it comes to films for me, I like realism. I, I prefer gritty, realistic things. And with this particular film, I don't think they had, they had ever done anything like this. Maybe The Last Temptation of Christ, the one Scorsese did many years before, maybe explored a little bit of this. In other words, trying to trying to tell the Christ story from a different perspective not not the safe you know uh everything's okay the world is wonderful kind of perspective that you usually get that kind of a story <laughs> everything is clean and fine and calm and uh, you know he he took a little turn that pissed off a lot of people <laughs> and then with with passion of the christ which i think was directed by mel gibson out of all people in the world <laughs> he was I think he was coming off some other films he was this was a big hit for him i remember he it was a big deal and I enjoyed it in terms of, okay, they're telling you the Christ story, but they're not skipping anything. They're not alluding to anything. They're showing you everything. They're showing you every disgusting thing that was done to this man in every shape or form. And the suffering and the pain and and every step of the way, it was super uncomfortable watching the film. And... It was something that I was never able to experience before. Because again, before, normally the story will allude to these things, but it, they will never get that much visually detailed as to all these things that are happening. And one of the things I remember when I saw the movie, which was there was a lot of controversy around the time, because from what I remember, there was... As usual, political things happening surrounding the film. People that are very, very super religious, they were, this was like, they were in, no pun intended, they were in heaven. They were loving the fact that they were showing all this and they were, it was a blockbuster movie and it was making a ton of money and it was getting a lot of publicity. And they were bringing in kids, little kids into it, which made me feel so uncomfortable because this movie was such a hard R-rated film uh, to me, bordering on NC-17, because, again, you're talking about 
violence that is like horror movie and above kind of violence being portrayed. Now, I could accept it because as as it being a historical film, they're showing you, okay, this is how this person suffered. I get it. But when people started bringing in little kids, and I think there were some little kids when I saw it, I was like, what the hell's wrong with these parents? You can't show them this. I don't care how religious you are. You, This is not for little kids. And uh, again... For for a historical perspective, if again, if it happens to be your your thing, if if you happen to to uh, subscribe to that particular religious side, I think it was very accurate, or at least as accurate as I, as I imagine it would have been, you know, for that time, for that kind of environment, you know, that they would do something like that to a person. But I never want to see it again. <laughs> That's the problem. I do not want to go through that again because it's like uh, it's like root canal. It's like wow, root canal was horrible. Okay, I never want to do it again. And this is how that you know the movie was fantastically shot and it, it, it tells the story cohesively and and I, you feel horrible for. For, for, for Christ and you feel horrible for, for his mother and you feel horrible for all these people that are witnessing this and you're like yeah but that's it I, I do not want to get near this ever again because it was such a such a such a such a strong visceral type of movie so again is it because of the fact that it's historically possibly accurate maybe is it because of the the overwhelming amount of, of gore that we get to see I don't know. Maybe it was part of that. I don't know if they went overboard. You know, granted that uh, Mel Gibson, uh, after this movie, he kind of he kind of stayed on this kind of pattern. I think he had done. Um, I think he did the Braveheart before this, so he was already on this mode of having a hero of your story. You know, practically tortured to death. You know, and and it kind of became like his thing. So it, it's really weird how it, it kind of fits into into that particular filmmaker's, uh, I guess, phase of filmmaking. But this one is like, ooh, again, you know, I, I can appreciate the the hard work and 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 how accurate I think they might have gotten the story and the events. But I do not want to touch any anything near it ever again. Yeah, the the movie was pretty. It was pretty brutal. I, I haven't seen. I, I I get to see all of it. You know, from start to finish. But mm-hmm. I've seen like a lot of the more, uh, more a lot of the more gruesome aspects, uh, scenes Oof. of it, and yeah, and, and I, I, I hate to say that it falls under the the shock value category, but mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of the, like I think if this movie weren't about the subject matter that it was about, I don't think this movie would have been you know as I don't think it would have made such a big splash as it did. But I think that you know because it was about Christ and it was so religious and doubling on the fact that it was so just so violent that's why i think it really it really you know caused uh, such a such a big controversy and, and it, i don't think it helped that mel gibson was so he had this sort of controversy around him at the time as well so yeah and he self he self-destructed not too long after yeah, this film yeah. he just spiraled into into obscurity ironically he's he's climbing out of obscurity now which is incredible but it's like, yeah, that doesn't really help his case as a director or as a human being. But hmm. yeah, it was. It, but that's the thing. Like I said, it, it, if this movie hadn't shown those, I mean, the whole movie is building up to that, and that is the whole thing about the movie is that you get to witness the end, the torture. You get to witness all these things. If it didn't have that, then it would be just probably another older Christ movie. 
uh, where you kind of don't want to assault the audience with those kind of images. Yeah. Uh, but this one, it was like, okay, we're going to do something different. We're going to show you that stuff now. It's like, oh, okay, well, what's that about? And boom, it hits you like a freight train. Yeah. And that's another thing, too, is where, not to branch off topic, but it's, it's the same thing where I, 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 I like horror movies. I have, I have no problem with horror and gore. But it's, it's it gets to the point where you know do I really want to watch another human being you know just yeah. suffering completely you know nonstop like because I, I remember I was watching and I, I don't want to compare the two movies at all here I'm I'm, I'm not comparing the two quality wise but I was in the movie that Human Centipede movie came out oh, I was I'm, I'm I'm watching this and I'm like. All the, all this is is just a movie about you know how much torture can we put on another human being and, and you know watch them suffer through it. Like I, it, there's nothing entertaining at least to me. I mean, I, I like horror and I like you know I, I don't mind gore, but it's it's to the point where it, you know you're sitting there looking at okay, this is just human beings suffering. Why would I want to watch this? Well, this is why I think around that time, I think it was around that time where you had movies, like you said, like the human centipede, you had a uh, hostile, you had a uh, saw yeah. that the yeah. movies that were being characterized as torture porn. Yeah. yeah. And they were kind of, you know, and in a certain, for, for a certain people, this movie was starting to cross the line into that. It was like, yes, you're giving people a, 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 a historical film, but then you're piling on the, the violence over the top. You know, is it over the top because you're making it worse than it was, or is it over the top because you're actually seeing it for the first time? And that's, that's where I kind of, like, that's where I'm able to kind of say, because it's probably historically accurate, I can handle it as a viewer. Right. But I cannot accept somebody who wants to see this movie just for that scene, just because they're into, uh, you know, violent scenes. No, it's part of the story. So it, it fits the story and it deserves to be seen because of that. But as opposed to a film that's about torturing people, this is the film. That's the, and again, and even when you start touching those other films, it could be a, it could be a slippery slope too, because I've heard so many interviews where directors would say, well, you know, this is just another type of horror film and, and you can't just chalk it off as torture porn. It's not just that. There's And, and, and I agree. The first Saw film had a very smart premise. It was, a, it was a very smart premise that, but unfortunately, just like anything else, you know, when you start to smell a franchise, you're going to just repeat oh, yeah, it, repeat just, it, repeat it, and make it bigger and gorier and more disgusting. Yeah, and, you, you and then you lose it. track. Yep. Yeah. You, you, you just go nuts. But a lot of these films, especially their original, uh, their, their first attempt at making these, even the horror ones, they, they sometimes, not always, but they sometimes have a smart idea, a smart gimmick, if you will, that at least works for one film. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, yeah, and it's, it, and it's, it's before you know the studio says, "Oh, we'll probably double down on this and make it you know ten times more." Yeah, we'll do once a year. We'll do we'll we'll pump out one once a, one every year and that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, this again, th- th- this has just been some some of these films that we keep thinking about. I have others in in the mix, and this doesn't even include the films that you watch and you just. Not only do you just not like them, they are completely <laughs> unacceptable and, and horrible. But we're not going in that direction. We're going to at least into films that are 
that are actually good films, but they're just very difficult to watch a second time. And and I'm sure we're you know we're going to run into more of these sooner or later because these things these things happen sometimes. Oh yeah, definitely. Again, it's not the fact that they're 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 bad or anything. It's just, it's just this is like no, they didn't overstay their welcome, but they probably won't be back on my uh, my to watch list anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, a similar example I would include films that I've never seen that I don't want to see, not because they're not good films. It's just that I do not want to relive this yet. Anything having to do with 9-11. I know that United something, 90s, I forget the name of that flight. They made a movie about it. And the movie apparently was fantastic and it was very well done. I don't want to go in there. I do not want to see that. I'm not... I'm not ready for that. Yeah, no, that, that, that falls into the category. It's just too soon. It's just yeah, uh, and and unfortunately, these. Are, I mean, again, these are films that are very good, from what I understand. They were they were very well. But anyway, before we go completely off track as usual, I, I want to thank Steve for joining me. This was a, an interesting conversation, and again, this is one of those topics that it, it could continue. We could we could eventually at some point come back and add a couple more to this list. Oh yeah, definitely yeah, and I would, it would my my pleasure to come back. I can definitely probably think of a few more. Or that uh, I, can, I can definitely add to this list. Great, great. Thanks, Steve. Hey, uh, thanks, Carlson. Awesome. Take care, everyone. All right. I hope everybody enjoyed today's show. As usual, I'd like to thank Steve for joining me today. Thank you guys. You know, as I mentioned before, these type of films are the type of films that. You know, they are really, really good, but, you know, for one reason or another, you might not really want to, you know, go down that route again. There are probably many, many more, and perhaps in the future we'll do another round like this of films that are good, but they're just a little too difficult, too emotionally draining sometimes to have to view a second time. So, on behalf of everybody here, thank you for listening, and we will see you soon here at GeekFest Rants. Bye-bye, everybody. I don't suppose they uh, told you anything in Denver about the tragedy we had up here during the winter of 1970. I hired a man named Charles Grady as the winter caretaker. From what I've been told, I mean, he seemed like a completely normal individual. But at some point during the winter, he must have suffered some kind of a complete mental breakdown. He ran amok and uh, killed his family. Well... Can rest assured, Mr. Ullman, that's not going to happen with me. <laughs> that's right. Mom, they really won't go into the Nat Hotel for the winter. Sure I do. It'll be lots of fun. The only thing that can get a bit trying up here during the winter is uh, the tremendous sense of isolation. Is there something bad here? I fear you will have to deal with this matter in the harshest possible way. Dude, uh, I killed you with Manny. You did this to Didn't you? I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. If you would like to subscribe to our show, send us messages, or see video links to some of the topics we talked about today, please visit our homepage at geekfestrants.com or our YouTube channel, Facebook page, or iTunes at Geekfest Rants. 
I don't know what we're yelling about! Geekfest Rants is produced by Carlos Perone. Copyright 2019. <laughs>is part of the IC Robots radio network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. <laughs>